1: And that's the issue of money. And I want to ask you the question, how much money should I really give God? I mean, that's a real good question. Giving is a, is a source of great irritation among a lot of people. Um, one, of the, one of the sources of, of irritants among the world is that they perceive that, well, all they ever do down at the church is, is, is ask for money. And that's always fascinated me because, you know, you go to you go to the ball game and they ask for money, or they won't let you in. You go to a restaurant and they ask for money, or they won't let you out. Uh, everybody understands that they're going to have to pay uh, for their entertainment. They're going to you know, go to the clothing store, you're going to have to pay for your clothes. You go to the, the laundry, you got to pay for the laundry. You go buy a car, you got to pay for a car. Everybody Everybody's talking about money, but you go to church and there's this knee-jerk reaction about giving and about money. And there, there's a real... Legitimate reason for that, quite frankly, and that, and it has to do with the misunderstanding about the Bible's teaching about giving and how it is often misapplied in order to literally extort money out of parishioners. In the Bible, there are three kinds of giving that are consistently taught throughout the scripture uh, one, there's giving to the government, two, there's giving to God. And three, there's giving to the poor and the needy. Now, giving to the government is always compulsory. Giving to God and to the needy is always voluntary. Uh, The issue, and that isn't that hard to understand what I just said. But the issue gets to be confused because a lot of folks misunderstand the nature of tithing. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about tithing today. I know that tithing is a, is a touchy topic. You'll go to church today, perhaps, and they'll go down to take the offering, and someone will, will pray over the offering and say, Lord, receive our tithes and our offerings. A preacher will get up and announce, it's time time for the uh, for us to give our tithes and our offerings, and so forth. And, in fact, there's this one very, very popular uh, radio and TV pastor. Pastors passes a, a large church, and you can see him on the television, you can hear his messages on the radio. And he actually, every time his congregation has the offering, they stand up and quote Malachi 3.10. They literally quote it to themselves. Malachi 3.10 says, "...will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation." Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there be not, that, that there shall not be room even to receive it. Um, that passage is used, been used, from time immemorial, uh, to demonstrate that people should tithe, and that you rob God when you don't tithe. But I want you to listen to what I'm going to say to you. That is a misunderstanding of the nature of tithing in the Bible. Tithing in the Bible, tithes, are not gifts to God. But rather, tithing in Malachi chapter 3, they're not gifts. You can't rob somebody of a gift. When have you robbed me in tithes? You can't rob somebody of a gift. (laughs) A gift has to freely be given, and if they don't give it, they didn't rob you. Tithing and tithes are not primarily gifts to God. What they really are are taxes for the funding of the national budget of Israel. In your Bible, in the tithing system, and by the way, you'll notice in Malachi 3.10, he says, talks about this whole nation. He's talking about the nation Israel, by the way. And he's talking about the nation Israel under the law system, and Israel's tithing system under the law that God gave them. You see, Israel was a theocracy; that is, God was their king, and He set up the civil government. and the The Levitical priests were were the were the ones who acted in 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 the the governmental the civic government of the, of the of the nation they didn't simply function as the as the religious government but the religious and civil government the national government of the nation israel was was joined together as a theocracy under the rule of god and the priest the levitical priest acted as the civil government the officials in the civil government so the tithes that God, that, that Israel were to give were, were really uh, a, a, a payment for the support of the government. Leviticus chapter number 27 tells, tells Israel, God tells him in verse 30, "...all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the, of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord." If a man will at all redeem aught of his tithe, he shall add thereto a fifth part. And concerning the herd, the tithe of the herd and of the flock, notice that it's the tithe of the land, it's the tithe of the herd, the flock, any of the income-producing uh, uh, ventures that they had, they were to give a tithe. Verse 30 says, all the tithe. That answers, by the way, the argument. You know, it's really funny. People say, well, am I supposed to tithe on the gross or the net? Tithe on what I get before Uncle Sam gets his or after Uncle Sam gets here?" Well, here they tithed on the gross. And that tithe was given to the Levites. Uh, Numbers chapter number 18, verse 21. They would bring that tithe to the temple or to the tabernacle and give it to the Levites. Numbers 21, I'm sorry, Numbers 8, chapter 18, verse 21. And God says to Aaron these words, Behold, I give. I have given the children of Levi all the tenth of Israel for an inheritance, for their service, which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Neither must the children of Israel... Thenceforth come nigh to the tabernacle of the congregation, lest they bear sin and die. But the Levites shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. But the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer as a heave offering unto the Lord, I have given to the Levites to inherit. Therefore I have said unto them, uh, among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance." Now, if you remember the, the way God set the nation Israel up, that's, that's easy to understand this passage. There are 12 tribes in Israel. Actually, there are 13. Joseph's two boys, Ephraim and Manasseh, get the double portion given to Joseph. And one, and one tribe, the tribe of Levite, doesn't have an inheritance of land. The Levites are given the responsibility to, to tend to the temple and tend to the tabernacle and do the service. And they represent all of the other tribes before God. And it's only through the priest, the Levitical priesthood, that Israel could come and get to God, and that God would then send His word out through them. And you'll remember all of the, 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 the teaching priests and the scribes that would go out and teach and so forth. And, and, and the, the Levites, were, they were responsible to go out and teach God's word to the nation, govern the nation with the word of God, and then represent the nation before God. But they didn't, they didn't get a portion of land. There were 12 tribes. They gave the they, Each one of them got a portion of the land, but the Levites didn't. Therefore, in order for the Levites to have, what, what was their inheritance going to be? Each one of the 12 tribes was to give 10% of the production that they got from their land or their uh, ventures and give it to the Levites. Now, if a Levite got 10% of 12 tribes, how much did he get? Well, he got 120% of the Of the income of the nation, he, in other words, he didn't just get a tenth, he got a hundred and twenty percent he didn 't make just what he would have made on his own. he made that plus much more the the twenty percent interest on it that 's why we read the thing in leviticus twenty seven if someone was going to redeem he had, a, he had an animal or he had some things that he was to give as a tithe, but he wanted to keep it. he could get the money, take the the money value, add twenty percent to it, and give that. That was that much more, that that extra 20%. Well, the Levites got that. So when they gave a tithe, they were literally giving that money to fund the national government. It was a sort of an income tax. That was one tithe. Deuteronomy chapter 14 uh, talks about that. Deuteronomy 14 also identifies two other tithes that they were to give. Deuteronomy 14, verse 22, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bring forth year by year. So they're to tithe the increase of the seed. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place where he hath chosen to place his name. There the tithe of thy corn, thy wine, thy oil, the firstlings of thy flock. Now notice what's going on here. This, by the way, is a tithe of the increase of the seed. The first tithe was the gross. You tithed off the gross, all. Here you tithe tithe off of the increase. This is a tithe off of the net. So both of them are taught, But this is a different tithe. This is not a tithe given to the Levites. This is a tithe that the person eats himself in the place where God shall choose. Now where was that? That's The temple. Three times a year, God says to every man in Israel that he's to come to Jerusalem for a holiday, a festival, a holy day, which is contracted down. That's what our word holiday means, where it came from. So there's a second annual tithe that was required by God, and it was used to fund the national festivals, these three festivals but it was really a savings account. You didn't give it to the Levites. You kept it. The, 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 the man was to keep it by himself. And he was to take that and use that to take three vacations a year. <laughs> now, if you could, you know, I, if you talk tithing like this, you could get people to do it. Uh, you, get, well, you give one tithe to pay the taxes and pay the, fund the government. One tithe. It, it, and that's off the gross. Then you get a tithe off of, the, off of your net income, and that's you put that aside in a savings account that you're going to use to take three vacations a year with. You're going to go up to Jerusalem, from wherever you are in the world, go to Jerusalem, and you're going to have this big this big wing ding, this big party, this big festival, and rejoice and praise God and worship God uh, in Jerusalem. And so that's the second tithe. Then there's a third tithe that uh, that only occurred every third year. Uh, and it was a tithe that they were to take on the third year, verse 28, at the end of, uh, of, of three years, thou shalt bring forth all the tithe of thine increase the same year, and shall lay it within thy gates. And it, it's going to be for the widowed and the stranger and the poor. And that was, a, that was a third tithe that was given every three years, every third year. And it was given to, uh, to take care of poor people and uh, people that were in need. They also had, had other little things like they were not to glean the corners of their fields and that kind of thing. And so there were, there were these provisions that were made to take care of the poor and the needy and the widow. And so, in other words, there was a welfare system that they had set up. So the total giving uh, required of, 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 of an Israelite was not simply 10% rather it was it was well over twenty three percent because he he had he had ten percent given to operate the government of the nation, sort of what we would call an income tax. then he had another ten percent that he laid aside to take these festival holidays with to worship God with then he had another ten percent every three years, which would be three and a third percent a year and if you've annualized it that that he was to put into the social welfare system of the nation. Now that 23 to 25 percent depending on you know how much he gleaned and his didn't glean his fields and so forth that's the tithing system in the Bible now all of that is compulsory. they had to do that and they had to give it. now if you wanted to give a tithe in Israel that was the way you gave it. None of that was voluntary. All that giving was required. Now, any giving that an Israeli did, apart from what was required to run the government and to do the feast days, was called an offering, and it was a voluntary giving, purely voluntary. And each person gave whatever was in his heart to give. There was no percentage, there was no amount specified. For example, Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 25, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speaking to the children of Israel, that that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering. So there was a there was there was the compulsory giving for the for the for the for the uh, support of, of of the national life and the national government and the carrying out uh, of the the national life of Israel, and that was compulsory. That was required giving. But then there was the the voluntary giving that 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 they could do, which would be to give the Lord an offering. The great example of that in the Bible is David, uh, in in. Uh, First Chronicles, when David is, is uh, going to buy the, the field of Onan, uh, Onan says, I, Ornan says, I'll just give it to you, David. And David says to Ornan, he says, I will not take that which is thine for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings without cost. David said, I'm not going to offer something to God that didn't cost me something. I want this to be a part of my sacrificial giving. Now, when you come to the New Testament, You have the same kind of a system. In fact, everybody knows the passage in Matthew about render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and unto God that which is God's. Um, They were to render the. Now, by the way, in in, in the earthly ministry of Christ, Israel is under bondage to Rome. Now, they are to pay their. They were supposed to pay their income tax to Rome. Um, You're in bondage to Rome? Pay Rome the tax. Um, That was the system for Israel during the time of Christ. They weren't to be paying their income tax to to government leaders that weren't running. They would have paid to Rome. By the way, someone says today we're going to give our tithes and offerings. You, if you want to give a tithe scripturally today, you can't give it to the church. I'm sorry not scripturally. Now, you can do it by religious tradition, you can do it by hocus-pocus, but you can't do it scripturally. To give a tithe, scripturally, you'd have to give it to the government. So if you want to tithe today, that's fine, that's your business, you can do what you want to, but just do it the way God says to do it, give it to Uncle Sam. If you want to give money to God, well then you don't, you give it to God on the basis that God takes money today. Romans 13, when Paul talks about the government system. He says in verse 7, render therefore unto all their dues tribute unto whom tribute is due. Custom to whom custom. The only listen now, the only required giving, the only compulsory giving in the dispensation of grace is the paying of taxes to the government. When you pay your taxes, you're doing it you you are you are doing the only giving that God requires for you to do. Now, the guideline for our giving to God and to his work in the dispensation of grace is not found in the Levitical system or the Mosaic system of the tithe. And you say, but Brother Rick, I thought that Abraham, before the law, gave tithes to Melchizedek. That's right, he did. And who was Melchizedek? Melchizedek was the king of Salem. Ah, Abraham was paying tribute to the king of Salem. So he was giving the tithes to the government of the king of the city that eventually became Jerusalem. Jerusalem. The guidelines for giving in the dispensation of grace are found in Paul's epistles. And they're found basically in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Paul says, This I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according as, listen, he purpose in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly. You're not to give against your will. If you don't want to give, don't give. Or of necessity. You're not to do it because someone has put you under some religious threat. You're not to do it in order to get something in return. You want me to say that again? Not of necessity. That is, you don't give in order to get something in return. Someone who says, we have to pay our tithes and offerings or we're robbing God and God's going to get even with us. Wrong. You're not to give of necessity. You're not under a loss-based system. You're under a grace-based system. Then how do we give? For the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Now, everybody's heard the, the the fact that the word cheerful there is the word hilarious. And I've often wondered what people think when they hear about, well, God wants a cheerful giver. He wants a hilarious giver. What, does that, what in the world does that mean, want us to be... Laughing and telling jokes while we while we're giving—no, it's not what he's talking about. He's talking about that offering time really ought to be happy hour for the believer. When you do something hilariously or cheerfully, you do it with you do it with your, with your whole heart. You got your heart in it. You see, that's what he said: "As a man purposes in his heart, so let him give." We're to give. Because our heart, not grudgingly, but because we've purposed in our heart. Not, not under compulsion, but because our heart has been touched by some truth. And it's gripped, our, uh, it's gripped us. And our heart wants to do it. We've, we've made a choice and a determination in our heart to do something. Something means so much to us that we want others to know about it. And we're willing to give so that others can learn and know about this wonderful truth. Chapter eight of Second Corinthians, Paul speaking to the Corinthians about giving, says, Therefore, as you abound in this in, in every in faith and utterance and knowledge and in, in diligence and in and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, I'm not telling you what you got to do, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. Now, that's only said about giving in Paul's epistles. The only thing you do in Paul's epistles that proves the sincerity of your love is giving. And I suppose that's because the love of money is the root of all evil. Um, Therefore, willingness to give up money is the root of grace. Now, the amount that you're willing to give up Demonstrates is a demonstration of the sincerity of your love for the truth. See your love for for Christ, your love for the truth. How much the truth has gripped your heart is proven, demonstrated in not the amount of your giving, but in the attitude of your giving, purposing in your heart. So let Him give. How much does it? Does the truth? Of the gospel of grace, really mean to you? I'm convinced that that's why most preachers don't preach giving this way, because they they know that if they did, people would quit giving. Because what they're doing in the, in their whole ministry focuses on constraining people to do th- something they didn't want to do anyway. They got them under a law system, and they're making them do it out of necessity, and they're making them do it against their will. So if you take the necessity and against the will away, they quit. Well, my friend, it's better to quit than to give out of grudgingly or of necessity under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. But my friend, when the, when, when the grace of God has gripped your heart, you'll not have a problem understanding how to give not just your money but yourselves unto the Lord. Let me give you a free Bible study tape. I see the clock. We're almost out of time, and I didn't realize we were so close to the end of the program. Let me give you a free Bible study tape entitled, How Much Money Should I Give God? It'll go through this material that I've been going through and some other things and and demonstrate to you exactly how you can make those choices. How much money should I give God? To receive your free copy, simply call me here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. Or of course you can write me here at the at, at the Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois 60108. That's the Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois 60108. My friend, we also want you to know about Grace School of the Bible because we have a we have a rather uniquely designed three-year Bible Institute program available on an extension basis. Our school is, is unique in, in several ways. First, we, we follow the Pauline design for the edification of the believer in our curriculum. Rather, rather than patterning our curriculum after the standard systematic theologies that are uh, used by most Bible institutes and Bible schools and seminaries, we follow a clearly designed outline and pattern for edification that's found in Paul's epistles. And what that does is it allows students to grow to maturity uh, the Pauline way and, and to quickly be prepared for the ministry that the Lord has for them. Another, another uniqueness of, of Grace School of the Bible is that it's offered on an extension basis through the use of, of video. In other words, we, we send the school to you rather than requiring you to come to us. And what that does is allows you to enjoy the regular sound Bible teaching and edification in the comfort and convenience of your own home and to fit it into your own scheduling demands and the and the ministry that perhaps you already have where you are. If you are or you have ever desired to be a serious student of God's Word, why not call us today for a free catalog? That number again is 888-535-2300. And let me also say thanks to those who are helping us to keep this program on this station. This is uh, genuinely listener-supported radio, and I hope you're encouraged to know that there are folks in your area who love the Word of God Rightly Divided and who rejoice in the message of grace and the joy of the grace life. My friend, if you don't have a fellowship to attend this week where the message of grace is taught from the Rightly Divided Word and the grace life is clearly proclaimed, Call me, and we'll put you in touch with a group in your area where you can find that fellowship and encouragement. Our number, again, is 888-535-2300. Or, of course, you can write me at any time at The Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. And, friend, if you're still not sure of salvation, that your sins are forgiven and that you have eternal life as a present possession, be sure to let us know, and we'll be happy to send you some gospel literature that'll make the way plain. That number again is 888-535-2300. Thanks for joining us today, and until we meet again this same time and place next week, Maranatha. I want to live
0: Tickets are now on sale for Comedy Night with Jeff Allen, November 18th, on his Are We There Yet? U.S. tour at Family Church Lakeside Campus, 535 in Windermere. Jeff drives home the humor in everyday family living, marriage to raising our kids to grandparenting. This is a rare opportunity to see and enjoy the comedy of Jeff Allen. Tickets are on sale now at TheAnswerOrlando.com. See Jeff Allen live, November 18th, at Family Church Lakeside Campus. With at 950 and FM 94.9, The Answer. Earn your nursing degree at PBA Orlando. With state-of-the-art simulation facilities, PBA prepares you for the NCLEX and is the only Christian nursing program in the state that is nationally accredited by the CCNE. Spring enrollment is going on now. Find out more today at pba.edu. A bigger and stronger voice for God's Word is now here. 50,000 watts. AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. WTLN Orlando. Where faith comes by hearing. Portions of this broadcast hour are pre-recorded. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Clarity Christian College, formerly known as Florida Bible College. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
1: Hi, my name is Stan Pons and I'm the host of Make It Clear. And I'm so glad that you're with us today, whether you're watching this or listening to it on the radio or all of our podcasts and everything that we have. I am so glad.